We are back. Uh, and, and every single week with this podcast, so much goes down in seven days. It's like a whole new world. Uh, yeah. I mean, so it's been like a roller coaster that crashes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that keeps yeah, it's like, yeah, you're at six flags and you're stuck at the top you of the roller stuck coaster. At the top, like, yeah. you know, you get to the top and for some reason it's not coming down like craziness i am so curious i mean you know as a now obviously you know you you voted for democrats in the past you know maybe you're more right leaning you know how are you feeling about everything that's gone down with trump i mean do you believe we have a clear winner in this election 100 clear winner biden is the president-elect i've tweeted about it it's to me um it's not even close, actually. So, and what I mean by that is it looks like the, assuming the Georgia recount, we'll get to the Georgia Senate seat in a little while, assuming Georgia holds its lead for Biden in a recount, President-elect Biden's going to end up with 306 electoral votes. Okay. I, I had said 328, I believe, so I was off a little bit, um, but I had predicted that Biden would win. 306, interestingly enough, is the exact same number uh, President Trump had four years ago. Okay. Okay. And then let's look a little deeper. President Trump basically won the election four years ago because of three states, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. Okay. Combined in those three states, it was 77,000 votes. Combined. Mm -hmm. Right now in those three states... President-elect Biden is up 214,000, almost three times as much as Trump won four years ago. Okay. Then add in Arizona, which Trump won four years ago and is down 12 to 15,000 right now. Doesn't look like there's enough votes out there to, to get uh, him over that. So that's another, you know, state that flipped. Uh, so... <sighs> It, it, it boggles my mind what the thought process is, right? Now, you know, we, we fear this. Um, I think it's just a lack of comprehension of how the votes went down. And we talked about this last week, real quick. So in states like Florida, the mail-in votes, which there were a lot because sure. of the pandemic and everything, were able to be counted prior to election day. So when you showed up on election day and they started reporting the, the numbers as the polls closed, the mail-in, which has leaned much, much more toward uh, Biden and Democrats, uh, was already tallied. So boom, Biden's way ahead in Florida. And then over the night, boom, 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 the day of votes came in, which tended to skew probably 70, 30 Republican. Um Trump won Florida and, and honestly won it handily. Same thing happened in Ohio. Same thing's currently happening in Arizona, although it's taking much, much longer. Biden was up like 156,000 in Arizona. Now it's down to like 12 to 15,000. So it's happened in other states in favor of Trump. What he doesn't like that it's happening in states that now have called the election or tilted the election to Biden. But those states like Pennsylvania in particular could not start counting the mail-ins to the day of. And they had millions. You know, listen, is there a couple ballots here and there that probably got mailed to a dead person or something? Of course. That happens every year, right? Yeah, right, sure. Uh, but to suggest that, you know, there's enough votes out there, illegal votes, to, to turn this election is, is just it's it's not only disingenuous, it's uh, I mean, it, 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 you, you can't even comprehend it. And on top of that, and I don't want to get into the, like the myopic numbers here. Here's what's also crazy. Now, granted, keep, there was a th strong third party candidate for you called Jill Stein. But just put that aside for a second. As big as the numbers were for Joe Biden in like Philly County, Wayne County, which is in Michigan, sure. and, and you know other counties that tend to really draw Allegheny County in Pennsylvania, drive an election for a Democrat in these states. Because if you look at the map, most Democrats only win three or four counties. 
they're the most populous counties. But if they win the state, they have to drive huge numbers, 70, 30, 80, 20 in these big Democratic stronghold states, uh, cities. Donald Trump did 3.1% better this year in Philadelphia County than he did four years ago. He actually did better. The problem is a million more people voted. So an 80-20 split or an 85-15 split hurts him even more this year than it did four years ago. But the fact remains, percentage-wise, he still did better. Yeah, right? and, and we see this right in Florida, in Miami-Dade County, with, well, you know, when we talked about uh, the Latino vote coming out really big for him. That was actually the case in lots of states. Well, although, as you look a little deeper at that, the Cuban-American vote came out big for him. The Latino vote in Arizona did not. So it's a little mixed bag on that. And, you know, we talked about that last week. So, so here's last thing on why this is such a joke. And I say that it's a joke on the, on the, on Trump's part. If you look even a little deeper at this election, and this is what's sad. And this is what, as much as I think Trump, and we've talked about this for four years, you know, as long as we've been doing this podcast, Trump has done some things well. Some of his policies have worked. But the overarching man himself and what he does and stands for is what lost him the election. Yeah. And obviously his response to COVID, which in part his response is based on the type of person he is, right? Narcissistic, doesn't want to take the blame, weakened facts. Yeah. If you look at this election, and here's what's sad, the Republicans should be celebrated. This was a Republican win in this election. Clear, without a doubt. Yes, they lost the presidency. They lost the presidency because there was an anti-Trump vote. But they look like they're going to hold on to the Senate when they had to defend 23 Senate seats to 10 for the Dems. The Senate was all but gone, according to every pollster, every expert. Actually, to the tune up, everyone. To the tune that the Dems probably were going to end up with the 53 and the Republicans with the 47. You have, so you have two runoffs in Georgia, because Georgia, if you don't get 50% in your open primary, you have to go to a runoff. So you have two Republicans, like uh, Loeffler and Purdue, the two sitting senators against two up-and-coming Democrats, Ossoff and Warnock. It's going to be tight. It's going to be a ton to get out the vote. We'll see where it ends up. It could be 50-50, could be 51-49, could be 52-50 Republicans. But the fact remains, the Republicans look like Unless there's major upsets in Georgia, they're going to probably hold on to one of those two, if not two. They'll retain the Senate. They picked up right now seven House seats. Could it go up to 10 or 11? And not only did they pick up House seats, they picked them up in Democratic strongholds like Miami-Dade. They picked them up in L.A. County. They picked them up in Rhode Island. They picked them up in New Jersey. They also flipped three state legislatures. Okay. Texas, not one Democratic House candidate won a seat in Texas up against a Republican uh, incumbent. So, like, when you look at the totality of this, it's hard to it's hard to buy into anything. So so Trump got so Trump got frauded, but no one else did. I mean, Tom Tillis won in North Carolina. How about Susan Collins outperformed Trump by 10 points in Maine? I agree. I, I agree with you. What I, do you? I'm how- so like. Listen, I, you know, you know, you know where I stand on a lot of policies. This is just irritating, irritating, irritating. And you know, people are saying, "Oh, well, the Russia collusion hoax." And the and listen, I think the whole th- Russia thing for two years was blown way out of proportion. It wasted two years. But at the end of the day, that was more the party. That was more the congressional leadership. Hillary Clinton conceded at three o'clock in the morning based on 77,000 votes, right? Listen, I think, you know, and shame on the Republicans who who aren't standing up. And listen, I get it. You know, I've said this, you know, people like Nikki Haley, who I really respect, kind of been wishy-washy on it. And I get it. If she comes out against Trump right now, she's toast. She's toast. 72 million people did vote for the man, right? Yeah, but do you, but I don't think all those are diehards. I mean, do you? I mean, people oh, vote I for do. single. I do, because I think if you're not a diehard. No, no. no people well, vote for single issue reason, reasons. The no, Cuban Latino vote, they're very Catholic. They're voting anti-abortion. 
I, I agree with you, but at the same time, he wields a ton of power. He could pretty much, I think, destroy Nikki Haley early on. I at early because she's got to get through a primary. She's got to raise money, and I'm not just picking on Nikki Haley. I'm talking about others as well, well sure. right? Well, Lindsey Graham, so, you know, Susan Collins. Yeah, but listen, Lindsey Graham. It's probably his last term. Ted Cruz is Ted Cruz. I, I'm talking about like. I'm talking about these sitting senators who and, and, and congressional leadership who just either are afraid, reluctant, feel like they got to walk that fine line. But this thing needs to end soon. Do you think that they're holding out for the Republican Senate seats, that that's why they won't criticize yet? I mean, you know, Mitch McConnell, I don't know, you know, Midnight Mitch is like a whole nother issue. But I don't think he's ever going to come out and say, you know, Trump needs to concede. But do you think they're waiting for like once they get the Senate, then then there'll be this real um, wave of like, all right, get him out, get him out, because we, we've yeah, won. That's not, the, that's not the January 5th. I mean, that's you can't wait that long to transition. I mean, that's that the, 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 the Senate race. And by the way, that's assuming it's called on that day. You know, if it's as tight as the presidential is with mail-in votes and, uh, I mean, you could be looking at the 6th, 7th, 8th. And you're looking at, you know, 11, 12 days before inauguration. See, I, I have to disagree with you. I think the 70 million people that voted, and I'm curious to see what you think, because since we recorded the podcast last week, you had a lot of moderate vo- moderate Democratic voices. You had um, everybody from Andrew Yang, Joe Scarborough. You had Abby, uh, Spr- uh, what is it? Um, Let's not call Joe Scarborough moderate anymore, but okay. Okay, well, Spanberger, it, Abby Spanberger, you had her on the phone with the DNC saying enough with defund police. I don't ever want to hear it again. It almost cost me my race. You have Andrew Yang on MSNBC saying enough, enough with the social police. But see, I think more people came out against the Democratic Party because of those things than they did necessarily for Trump. I think people I are tired of hearing that. I, I agree with you, but here's the problem. Democrats and liberals will be Democrats and liberals, just like Republicans will be Republicans. At the end of the day, once Biden is in office for three or four months, and if they control the Senate, they will push progressive policies. Now, they won't go way left because it'll the Senate will, at that point will be 50-50. You had uh, Joe Manchin, sitting senator from West Virginia, uh, which, by the way, has all Republican House not one other basically, you know, there's not a, another Republican in the entire state. I'm sorry, Democrat in the entire state. Joe Manchin came out and was emphatic, said, I will not, I guarantee you, I will not be the deciding vote on packing the court, um, uh, you know, and uh, another really progressive type policy, the, the, getting rid of the filibuster. <clears throat> but you know what? I don't trust anybody. I really don't. I don't. I don't. At the end of the day, if Pelosi becomes Speaker of the House again, and Schumer's the minor, uh, majority leader in the Senate, I'm telling you, they're pushing these policies. They're going to push them. Well, That's if it. they do, they're going to lose again in two years, even bigger. I mean, because I think if you walk away from one thing and you see, you hear Democrats saying it, people don't want defund the police. They don't want social policing. Yeah, we'll see. Listen, I, you know, I agree with you on that. I don't believe. I think most of the country, we've said this before, is center left on social, center right on fiscal. They want jobs. They want the, the pandemic under control. Um, and, and I agree with you in the sense that, you know, if not for Trump, the way the American people voted in this election indicated what you're saying. They wanted mo- they want moderate, back to basic job creating scene leadership. Yeah. The AOC right? and the squad is does not represent what the American people want. They don't. For some, re- for some reason, Nancy Pelosi seems to want to move in that direction. And if, as long as she's the leader, she's going to. Be- now, he also didn't, you know, Manchin didn't say he's not going to raise taxes. He didn't say he's not going to vote for D.C. statehood. He didn't say he's uh, not going to uh, do other. He, he specifically said packing the court, which I'm not sure Joe Biden would have packed the court anyway. And he also said get rid of the filibuster, which is a good thing because you don't want basically that road render. What that would mean, Sarah, is that 
50 votes plus Kamala Harris could pass pretty much any legislative agenda. So you would, in essence, render the rest of the Senate useless, meaningless. Might as well get rid of the Senate. It would basically mean the party that has the Senate leadership and the House leadership, if they're in lockstep, could pass any legislative agenda they wanted without any pushback, any stopping it, nothing. So, uh, listen, you know, on to Georgia. Um, uh, you know, personally, I want at least one, if not both of those to go to the Republican side. So we have a balanced, in essence, gridlock government. Um, and then I think, and I said this last week, I've heard people say the Republicans winning the Senate or holding on to it will be the best thing for Joe Biden because in his history as a politician, he has reached across the aisle. He does know how to negotiate. I do think Mitch McConnell will work with Joe Biden and I think pass certain maybe infrastructure, certainly a COVID stimulus bill. I do think potentially immigration policy, um, maybe a job creation policy. I So I do think that if the Senate is Republican, it'll force Biden to work with them. Whereas if it's all Democratic, I'm not sure that will take place. And then I think it'll be a fight to see what progressive, more left-leaning policies get put into place. So what is, okay, you know, Patrick's uh, crystal ball here. What do you believe happens uh, between now and January with President Trump? I'm, I'm reading. I'm sure you're reading. He's he's being offered, you know, a hundred plus million dollars in book deals and TV I deals. They're going to give. I think. I, I think the Republican leadership, if there is any of that, um, I think they're going to give him another week or so to kind of let let some of these lawsuits get thrown out of court. Let some other people look and see if there's any real evidence that pops up, um, you know, look into this. I mean, and it's not even credible, but the only one that is remotely and I'm not suggesting it's by any means justified for what Trump's doing right now. But this Dominion voting uh, software seems to have had some glitches. And again, not. 100% verified if they truly had glitches or switch votes or if they haven't been switched back. Again, by no means am I suggesting this is enough to, to justify what he's doing, but let them at least look into it. And then, then I think it's got to get serious. Then I think Mitch McConnell and the majority leadership have to step in and say, this is it. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. And then the Senate has to start meeting with them. And I, and I think, I mean, Pence is going to Florida. Pence doesn't want anything to do with this at this point. It seems like he's gone. Uh, well, and, and President Trump seems gone, too. I mean, he's I mean, listen, nowhere I to be get, found. I get Trump's frustration. I do. You know, two years of Russia campaign collusion goes nowhere. They impeach him, which you haven't even heard about ever again. It didn't even come up in the debates. It was a joke impeachment. So three years there, you know, constant and... And I've said a lot of it justified, but constant, constant pounding uh, fr from from everyone, uh, you know, a lot in, you know, frankly, a lot of it in the media as well in terms of journalists who kind of became activists. Hey, look, and he, and he still got 72 million votes. But doesn't that show us, Patrick, he would have won if he had like, oh, we, we, listen, we had we, said on this show a while ago, if he had used the pandemic, you know, Trump, Pence masks. Hey, you know, the Democrats are trying not to get you back to work. Put your mask on. I'm going to get you back to work. Look what they tried to do to me. He would have won easily. Sarah, it wouldn't even been close. I, I, I'm with you. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. And that's I mean, and I voted crazy. for Biden. I, but I. Yeah. It wouldn't have not have been close. And, that, and honestly, I think that kind of makes my point about the Nickley Haley's of the world and some of these others. He, whether it's his entertaining style, whether it's his whatever, he wields so much power. I mean, he is going to end up with 7 million more votes than he got four years ago. Now, Biden's going to end up with what, uh, 5 million, 8 million? Somewhere I'm in sorry, there, no, yeah. 9 million more than Hillary, right? Because he's going to increase it to over, he's over 5 million on the popular vote above where Hillary, I think, was three, a little over three. So 
Yeah, listen, th- th- this turnout, and frankly, I think the turnout was driven by the mail-in voting because otherwise, and, and I will say, I think if there wasn't mail-in voting, I still think Trump wins, even with all the mess of COVID, because I do think the Republican enthusiasm was greater than the Democratic enthusiasm to get to the polls. I'm not sure the Democrats would have turned out to the tune they did on election. Now, I think mail-in voting, if done properly, is 100% okay. And from what I've heard, very, you know, very you little, yeah. You had very, you had double envelopes with the barcodes having to match, signature matching. And again, could a couple people not count here? Or of count course. Who yeah. the hell? Right. Human error. Yep. But you're not, but, it's not uh, widespread. But, yeah. You know, in summary of all this, Trump lost. It's over. He needs to concede. The Republican leadership is going to have to step in at some time. I think Trump, if, he, if this goes on a long time, he could cost them the Georgia Senate seats. But frankly, what shows you he doesn't care about much other than Donald Trump. Yeah. Which is very bothersome. Because if you were a true Republican, you would realize you lost. And you would be down there campaigning like your butt off for these two Georgia to Good hold point. on to this seat. And by the way, he could claim victory. He, you know, in Trumpism fashion, he could say, they're out to get me. Uh, the mail and vote killed me. Uh, I told you, uh, 72 million people. I held on to the Senate. We picked up House seats. And I'm going to be back in 2024. Whether he is or not, he can say that now. It doesn't matter, right? I mean, look, I think you bring up a great point. And, and you know, it'll be it'll be interesting, like you were saying, could he cost Georgia those seats? And if if the RNC believes that, will they then turn on him? Because obviously that's the biggest thing now, you know. Will that be the tipping point if they feel those elections are going to go? I, I honestly think, and part of it's what the Republicans have done for four years. I think a lot of them are putting their head in the sand. Mm. They're, they're appeasing him a little just so he doesn't go after them and trying to hope like kind of, kind of like Trump treated COVID, like they're just trying to hope it goes away and he concedes at some point and you know, whatever. But, but the country is, 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 is much, much, much bigger than Donald Trump. And at some point people have to kind of say enough is enough. You know, and 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 that's it. And you know what? The Secretary of State, who's a very smart man, Pompeo, who I actually think has done a very good job as Secretary of State. You know, shame on shame, whether he was joking or not. Shame on him yesterday for saying that. He was asked a question: "What about transition?" And he said, "We're going to have an orderly, peaceful transition to the second term of Trump." He's the Secretary of State. He talks to world leaders. Mm-hmm. They take the cue from him. And, you know, and, and at the end of the day, he cannot be joking about a peaceful transition of power in the United States. So shame on him for that joke. And I'm not sure it was a joke. I think those things that was one of those things where you throw it out there and then if you get ripped for it, you say it was a joke. Um, but like this is listen, it, it, in, in, in a few days, it's serious now. But in a few days, OK, you think weekend. It, it's going to be real serious. Like th- this needs to start taking place. Um, okay. I love it. We can keep talking about that. Cause I, yeah. I, I almost want to have like a DNC. I mean, it, we probably agree a hundred percent on everything I said, or to the most you know, 95% of what I said. So, but you know, it is what it is. Like it's time. And I'm tired of these people on, you know, all these bots and, 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 and crazy conspiracy theories. Oh, and, I agree with you. Yep. I'm uh, with you on you that. Know, this and who voted on that. And oh my God, we saw a video of this person putting ballots in there. So I, if there was widespread now real quick, before we, if we were talking about one state, let's say Pennsylvania, like Florida in 20, uh, 2000, if we were just talking about one state that would decide the election either way, then I think you pause. No one should have conceded. No one should. Uh, the media shouldn't have wouldn't have called it. I think if it was just Pennsylvania at this point, or let's say just Georgia, whatever. And then I think you go in. You do a deep recount. You look at the mail-ins. You do a hand recount. Whatever you have to do, I would be all for that. But the fact we're talking about Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona. I mean, at the end of the day, based on where the race stands today. You could take Georgia and Pennsylvania and give it to Trump. 
and Biden still wins the election. Yeah. So enough. Move on. All right. Um, right. Let's talk. You know, we've got COVID because obviously it's impacting, you know, your home state of Maryland or your current state of Maryland. Also, Mayor Bowser getting a ton of heat and then we'll talk college sports. So uh, where do you want to start? You want to talk COVID? I mean, we're we're now hearing from the CDC. You should have Thanksgiving outside with your family. Yesterday, Governor Larry Hogan in Maryland holds a press conference. You, You all, for the most part, are going back backwards in Maryland. And you're not alone. I mean, many states are. New York, they're they're on the brink of a huge another shutdown. Yeah. So and as I've always said, multiple things can be true, right? There is a spike which appears in cases and and potential hospitalizations. Uh, The question is on the positivity rate in the cases, um, what's the science saying? Are these people, you know, I would think at this point, a lot of people are getting tested who feel they have it and might have it. So certainly positivity rate will go up as more people who go, you know, random people. I think, I think the, 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 the peak testing where everyone wanted to get tested has kind of slowed. Governor Larry Hogan, who to me has done, has been the best governor in the country dealing with COVID by far much better than Cuomo or, or, or those, you know, people up North, um, said we're crossing a danger zone yesterday. He did a press conference. We're crossing a danger zone. So he took, uh, he rolled back to, in essence, phase two from phase three. Restaurants uh, have to go from 75 to 50. Certain uh, gatherings have to be reduced. Um, contract uh, Contact tracing and so forth. Great. And, and I'm okay with that based on where the numbers are. Montgomery County, Maryland, who had never gone to 75%, who always remained in phase two, is now going back to phase one. 25% capacity in restaurants, retail, barbershops, same, 25 people gathering, max. And the, the county executive, the county health commissioner, Travis Gales, the, D- uh, the Maryland Council, uh, County Council, not one of them can tell you specifically or point to real evidence that it's these establishments causing the spike. Governor Hogan said yesterday, almost all the evidence points to family-friendly gatherings on weekends. People going to other people's homes, people getting together thinking they're okay, people letting people they don't know where they've been associated with them. Does some of that happen in restaurants and bars? Maybe. But honestly, what I've seen in restaurants is they've been overly cautious. What I've seen in some of these other retail establishments, overly cautious. Okay. For me, if you put these businesses back to 25% capacity, you're in essence saying you're going to go out of business because you can't eat in the winter in Washington, D.C. I don't care how many heaters you have. It's too freaking cold. You know, 35, 40 degrees, yeah, you're not eating your meals. Tough. Maybe during the day when it's 50, maybe. Restaurants won't survive. Barbershops won't survive. Fitness centers, gyms will not survive. Theaters are dead. Forget it. You'll never see another movie theater. You'll never see another movie in Montgomery County because they're, they're just toast. I don't understand how a leader can make these draconian, arbitrary decisions without pr- providing clear, okay, we've done all this con- contact tracing, 70% of the spikes are coming from restaurants. Okay, then you got a point, but he can't do that. They can't do that. They won't do it. They're just blaming that. And it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. The lack of leadership in the county that I live in is, it's tyrannical. I mean, it really is. And I don't say that lightly. It's absolutely tyrannical. It's draconian, you know, uh, Fox 5 had um, Will Jawando, who's a, a, a county council member, didn't really answer a question. Like, really? Oh, we're ahead of the state. We got we to gotta worry about the, our citizens. Your businesses are going to be destroyed. Destroyed. So what they should be able to say, Sarah, is, okay, out of all the cases that have gone up, you know, 100 cases a day, whatever the number is, 75 of those are traced to retail businesses, restaurants in particular. Okay, then we got a problem, but they can't say that. So they're, you know what? It's the easy blame. 
It's the easy fix. It, it, you know, it's the, it's, it, it makes them feel good that they're doing something without really doing oh, anything. I mean, okay, but wait a minute. Wait. Do they have to really reference that? Because we've seen from the CDC, we've heard from Fauci, we've heard from many experts over and over that one of the biggest places is indoor, whether dining or close, when, you know, if you're close with somebody. So, I mean, do they have to reiterate that? I mean, we sort of know that. We don't know it. Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence in Montgomery they, County? They really, well, in Montgomery County, no, but nationwide, they give all these, they are always releasing, like, here's where you're most likely to get it. Yes, family oh, gatherings. What? I haven't seen, no, it's, you know what, they say it, but where there's no evidence of it. I, if there is, they haven't showed it. I feel like there is. Okay, wait, I, I get it, like, all right. I will follow up and tweet it, you. I, I feel like there's you, actual we, we, evidence. We've had, we've had the head of the Restaurant Association on, Fox Five, and he hasn't seen any. They're not willing to show him any. And we interviewed the head, the owner of the Silver Diner, where there's multiple locations in Montgomery County. He put a new infiltration air conditioning system in. He has people more than six feet apart. You so like this theory that you can't go into a restaurant, sit with your family, and not be within ten feet of someone else, and somehow not get. Who, who's the gym? I, I go to, you know, I told you, I go to Orange Theory. There hasn't been one reported case, not one. And yet you're going to have them now have to roll back to the point of they probably won't stay in business. You can't. This is America. Like, I'm sorry. I hate to sound like a, re- but you are having government leadership make arbitrary decisions. And in essence, putting businesses out of business. It's not right. It's not under the pretense that somehow it's going to drop. Europe, Europe's seeing increase. How about these increases are just natural? We're heading toward the winter. People have kind of had COVID fatigue. They're, 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 seeing, they're going out and seeing friends more in their backyard or kids you know, playing or having dinners in their house. And listen, I'm not perfect. You do the best you can, right? I've had, a, I've had neighbors over. So by no means am I saying, uh, you know, I, yeah, well, every, I, we'll get to that because Mayor Bowser, I mean, everybody's a hypocrite. You know, everybody's, you know, social distance. Then, you know, we all break the rule. I mean, but, but I'm, we all but, break the rules. You, know what? It, you could tell me I can't have somebody over anymore. And that's OK, in a in a weird way, because you're not costing families their business. Right. I'd rather you do that than say, you know, a restaurant that has adhered to all the standards and procedures and. Keep in mind, you're also putting these people out of work, right? The people who work at these places. Uh, show me the facts. You know, listen, the, the leadership always loves to say, oh, yeah, decisions are based in science. We believe in the science. Well, show us. Show us. You should be able to come on Fox 5, and you should be able to show here, of all the cases in the last 10 days or two weeks, 70% are tied to restaurants. Show us. And then, you know what? I'll shut up. I'll go away. I can't believe they keep agreeing to give you guys interviews. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, they're well, public you know figures. Like they, they, they don't they, it doesn't answer questions. It I doesn't. They come on. Look, I mean, it, it's amazing. But yet in Montgomery County, I mean, you live there. You know better than I do. But it seems like the residents, for the most part, do not revolt. So here's why. A lot of them, most of them are government workers. No offense to government workers. Most of them work for white collar firms, businesses that are still paying them to stay home, right? They can still get their takeout. They don't care. Yeah, that's I, true. I don't mean they don't care about COVID and people. I mean, like, they're fine. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, it's going to impact enough people, even though you're right, it's sad to see this way, I don't businesses. have a skin in this game. I don't own a local business. I don't, I just don't, I, I have a real problem with these types of decisions that impact local businesses, families, and and the and the county you live, let me. It, it'll be a different county come March or April, if you stay at the twenty five percent. You will have restaurants. You will have downtown Rockville, downtown Silver Spring, Kensington, uh, Damascus, Bethesda. You will have boarded up restaurants. And by the way, they'll never come back. They will never come back. And I don't say that lightly. They will not come back. I'll be curious. I mean, because we've made predictions before. You know, we also predicted on this podcast that, you know, this was political. And once, uh, you know, Joe Biden won. Well, I've I've never, ever said that. 
I've never said it was political because of Joe Biden. I said it is there's I think there's political motives in terms of policy and, and other things within the county itself. Raise taxes to help, you know, to, to do more things. So listen, we'll see. The other thing that bothers me about the county and, and Prince George's County as well. Why are they behind the state? See, to me, they have two things to justify. One, what are the what are the actual specific numbers to justify you're tying this to restaurants. Show us that, number one. Number two, then show us also why this county, the most affluent county in the state, 15, 16% of the entire state's population isn't in lockstep with the state. Why are they behind? Explain that to me. Why is the state at 50 and this county's at 25 when they basically have the same positivity rate? I mean, uh, great question. I think those are fair questions. They, they don't answer. They don't And I'm always amazed they keep coming on your airways. It's like, okay. They don't it's, answer. It's mind blowing. Um, how do you feel about Bowser? This is sort of COVID related. Then we'll move on to sports. Um, Bowser said, you know, her team said it was essential travel that she go to hear the speeches of Kamala Harris and President Joe Biden so on the Saturday, in Delaware. So, so this Saturday when they called the race. Mayor Bowser and her staff, some of her staff and obviously security got into probably multiple two, three SUVs, I'm guessing, and drove up to Delaware to go indoors to party and celebrate Biden's announcement. And we called her out on it because she posted a picture, her indoors. I, I believe it was indoors. You know what? I'm going to pull back on that. I'm not sure it was 100 percent. Okay. It may have been outside. I think it was outside now, the more I think about the picture. But regardless, she went to Delaware, which is one of the states on her 45-state quarantine hotspot list. So in essence, she would have to come back and quarantine for the 14 days. Well, obviously, she said it was essential travel. So I guess it's essential for her to go up and party in Delaware uh, and celebrate the victory. There's, no, there's nothing essential about that. Nothing. Zero. No, she wasn't I, at a specific meeting. She wasn't going to meet with the with the with the with the uh, president elect about a cabinet position. There wasn't a policy discussion. There wasn't a a, a work related symposium or anything. It was to party and to get her picture taken that she was there because she's probably angling for a cabinet position. Okay. So again, more hypocrites in politics on both sides, right? I agree with you on that one. I, I thought that was ridiculous. I could not believe she posted a photo um, after all the quarantine things she's asked. Kids aren't going to school. You got business shut down. Yeah. You got you got 45 state quarantine. You have uh, a mandatory testing if you go in and out of the state and you felt the need to go party up in, in, in Delaware in a state that's on your list. Just stop. I know. I I. I I was blown away. I mean, obviously, they, they I'm sure they were smart enough to know they were going to get backlash, but they didn't care. So well, and listen, I understand spontaneous, spontaneous, uh, spontaneous celebrations when it was announced. But you had you had hundreds of thousands of people in New York, D.C. going down. And I get it. You're not going to control that. Most were wearing masks, which is great. But not one mayor. De Blasio's out there. You know, taking pictures with them. The mayor of D.C. didn't say a word about it. You know what? I get, you know, can't prevent people from coming out of their homes and congregating on, you know, Black Lives Matters Plus. You can't. But you could say something about it. You could say, like, we still have COVID. This is wrong. And by the way, if you could do that, why can't you have uh, an outdoor concert where everyone has a mask on? Why can't you fill up FedEx or D.C. United Stadium? Like, enough. The, the, the hypocrisy on, on this is unreal. You got the mayor of New York taking pictures with, with throngs of people in this in downtown New York and acting like it's a good thing. And I get you could celebrate Biden all you want, but you can't have it both ways. You just can't. You're telling everyone they can only have 25 people gatherings, even outside. Weddings now are cut back outside. And yet this is OK. Yeah. And I'd be the same thing on the other side. The Trump, and I've said the Trump, the Trump rallies, 
the, the no mass Trump rallies were terrible. Uh, you know, the, the whole like whatever. It's just. Uh, yeah. No, I think a lot of people are. Uh, look, I think a lot of people agree with you. I think it. You know, absolutely. A lot well, of people are there. Rare, that's rare. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I do. I think a lot of people are are tired of the hypocrisy. There was a picture going around where um, a lot of people were criticizing Notre Dame. Um, they'd won a big game. All the kids came on the field. A lot of them had masks. Uh, and you had a lot of journalists. It, you know, just condemning that. And then yeah. when everybody was gathering a Black Lives Plaza, people were retweeting the photo. What a wonderful day. This is amazing. Yeah. And you have, you know, it's like, you're right. The hypocrisy. I think people are starting to call out the hypocrisy over and over. And you had some country music singers going, okay, I mean, if you guys can do all this, same thing. Let me have an outdoor concert so I can pay my band. So I can pay, you know, and it's true because it is political. And, and it's- Well, it, the other thing too is, and again, you know, we talk about, you know, Joe Biden's multiple speeches so far, his expect his acceptance speech or his speech, you know, once it was called, it's not really an acceptance speech, I guess, um, talked about unity and moving the country forward, which is great. Great. And then you have all these, you know, Democratic, liberal uh, outlets and pundits, organizations, I should say, not outlets. Uh, all they were talking about over the last several days is, and AOC herself did it, they're going to create lists, lists of people who worked for the Trump administration over the last four years and basically try to blackball them from getting jobs. Well, that's, I mean, if they do that and follow through, oh, they're they insane. they did it. They did it. Who's the on Lincoln, the list? Oh, oh, well, there's going to be over 4,000. Even so, And I give him a lot of credit. Jake Tapper from CNN yeah. was all over this. He was calling them out, saying this is bull. Basically, not only that, the Lincoln Project, which is those so-called conservative, never Trumpers, who, by the way, were never conservative. They're grifters. That's basically what they are. Don't you think they're Mitt Romney fans? What do you mean? I think they're Republican. They're no, they're not. They're grifters. The people who are running the Lincoln Project are only one about. They're about money. They're about having power, because you know they're talking about going after the two Senate seats. And if you were if you were a Republican, and Trump is out now. You don't want the Democrats to have a seat. If you were conservative, I should say, there's no way you'd want the Democrats to have that. The only reason you'd want full power to the Democrats is so you yourself, the, 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 the four or five, six people who are running the Lincoln Project can come back into power and, and be relevant again because Trump made them irrelevant. And they printed yesterday or today, they tweeted out the law firm that's working for Trump on uh, the, the, the illegal ballots or whatever. Yes. They posted two of the partners' names and their phone numbers and their emails on Twitter, which, by the way, Twitter eventually pulled. What are we doing here? Like, you know, like here's the Lincoln Project who said they're never Trumpers because of the way Trump acts and how, you know, he was immoral and all this stuff. And they went after him through the entire election. Biden wins, and yet... They're still going after individuals who are doing their job, who work for a law firm and have to represent the client. Their firm is, you know, has been hired to represent. That's what clients do. I mean, that's what attorneys do. And then also they're, they're, they're putting lists together of, of, uh, of people who've worked for Trump and the administration. And, uh, Please, again, back to the hypocrisy. It's all about power. It's all about. Well, you are you know, hearing that some of the attorneys that are working on this case are they themselves because there is, you know, there is no evidence of fraud or even like I we don't want to work on what, this. You know what? You're hired to do a job. They're an attorney. Sometimes you got to represent somebody you actually think committed a crime. Like, OK, that's your job. Are they all going to resign? Come on. And to, to put their name and number on Twitter? What are we doing? Like, well, I mean, look like that. You know, if if you want unity, then you got to want unity. And by the way, the Lincoln Project, there's no rational reason they would want the Democrats to take over the Senate, hold the House, and hold the presidency, because other than the fact that they want to so-called return the Republican Party to when they had all the power, right? And they had all this, you know, the, the, they had their magazine and they were raising money and they so-called had 
influence on the Republican leadership. That's the only reason. Um, all right, let's talk some college sports. Yes. Where are you at with college sports? Where are you at with sports? What did you know? Um, obviously, a lot of that took a back seat. It seems like over the past week, but um, give me your thoughts. I think college football is is on the verge of being in real trouble. I, you know, Alabama LSU is canceled this week. Multiple games are canceled. Wisconsin was canceled, I believe, for two weeks straight. Um, Auburn stopped practicing. You have coaches getting positive. Uh, I think college football could could really be in trouble in the next week. I really do. In in, next- in trouble, you mean in just. Closing shot, like in pausing altogether. I don't know about closing shot, but taking a pause, maybe have a couple playoff games. Yeah, I I think it's in trouble in terms of heading toward a national championship. You know, I tweeted this morning, you know, what I don't understand, you know, way back when, you know, June, July, August, as these college and universities started rolling out their COVID plans, we've talked about this. One of the, the main plans in a lot of these universities was, the kids are going to come back. They're going to come back a little early. And then once you get to Thanksgiving, they're going to go home and not come back. Well, you have increases going up all over. College universities are a hot, hot, hot spot. And many of them are in areas that are also uh, increasing significantly, states and so forth. And, you know, they're going to be partying in that last week before thing. And then they're all going to come back to these communities, to their relatives, to their families, to their homes, they're not going to stay inside. They're just not. They're 20 year old, 21, 22 year old kids, right? They're going to go out. They're going to go over each yeah. other's house. They're going to see old friends from high school. And we're going to have an enormous, to me, these kids should have to stay in campus. They should have to spend Thanksgiving on campus and they shouldn't come back to Christmas. Like they have to adjust their plan because I'm telling you, they're going to send all these kids back to these communities and neighborhoods and it's going to be a disaster. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you I don't know how you control it. I guess I mean, how are they controlling it in the NFL to a different degree? I, I guess because those maybe the NFL guys are not socializing as well, much like paid, you're saying. Right? They're, they're paid to do a job and they're, they're told paid. to not do this and they're going to get fined if they do it. Yeah, there's more you consequence. Know, I mean, the, the Raiders and some other teams have been fined hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars for not following COVID protocol. Yeah, you that's true. That college kids. You know what? We've talked about this. They're not paid athletes. They're not. So, and, you, and, I, and at the end of the day, you know what? You can't you can't beat them up for it because they're not paid. They're still going to school. They're still going to class. They still have lives. You can't put them in a bubble unless you pay them. So this is what you get. And listen, I hope it survives. It's been fun, but you're starting to get a lot of games canceled and postponed. They're running out of weeks. That's the problem. Like sure. you start getting now, could they extend it into Feb or, or whatever? But the NFL, real quick, has come out and said they're willing to even move the Super Bowl to March if they have to. And they're willing to go to a 16-game playoff, a 16-team playoff, I should say, kind of like the uh, Major League Baseball did, rather than the traditional, you know, six teams in each that make it. This would be more of a one versus eight in each conference and then, you know, almost like a college football playoff, which kind of would be exciting, I think, in a, in a weird way. So – We'll see. Uh, I think the NFL's crossed the threshold of having a season, so that's good. I think the NFL will survive. It may take a couple extra weeks. The Super Bowl may move to late Feb or early March. That's fine. Uh, but college, I think, could be in trouble. Mm. All right. So, well, we'll see how that unfolds. Right. Um, okay. So before we go, one quick thing that we haven't had a chance to talk about. You guys have been promoting a lot. Jeanette Reyes from Philadelphia yes. as your latest new. Uh, she's going to be in the mornings, right? Correct. She's going to be 6 to 11 a.m. Okay. She's a, a news anchor, very well known. She, I, I've watched her TikToks. She and her husband yeah. are very funny. So tell me about Jeanette and um, yeah, when, when this is all happening. Jeanette is, uh, she comes to us from the powerhouse ABC owned and operated station in Philadelphia. She had previously worked in the market at the ABC station here. Okay. Um, her husband is the morning anchor at the ABC station in Washington. So they will be competing directly against each other, which is kind of interesting. And it's part of the reason why we actually really liked her because she wasn't afraid of that. Okay. 
she's she's a competitor and she's going to kick his butt and it's going to be <laughs> and, and it's going to be awesome their their tiktok videos which by the way have had millions of views yes um uh, i can't wait to you know when she kicks his butt and and we get to see all those tiktok videos <laughs> but no i mean listen she's mm-hmm. super smart she's uh bilingual uh she has a fantastic reputation she's a strong journalist um but she's 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 authentic um listen she's everything you want to lead your morning show and i think she's going to be absolutely fantastic uh i wish she was already here she starts on december 7th okay okay that's what i was wondering yes yeah, okay yes december 7th she's got to finish up uh, her stint in philadelphia okay and uh we're, we're super excited and you know Marissa Mitchell, who we hired from Atlanta, who's been on for about a month and a half now. She's she's done fantastic. So she's the early morning. Uh, she's the four to six person. And uh, no, we got a great team. We've got a great team. Angie Goff, who has just been tremendous in terms of everything she does, she does well. She well, helped us in the morning. She's always entertaining, she, yes. <laughs> so she's going to go back to the evening. When are you coming back on Like It or Not? I was on last night. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed it. I didn't miss it. I I was on last night. I always enjoy my friends, Jim and Marina. You do well on that show. I like it when you're on. Oh, well, Patrick, you know, thanks. I mean, uh, I thought that you picked me to do this co-hosting thing because, you know, you recognize my talent, but it seems like you're just (laughs) discovering it. So, you know, that's fine, too. (laughs) Um, No, I love doing that show. It's so fun. Um, I've I've said this and I tell Jim this all the time. He is an amazing host. He plays the news guy, but also the fun and lets people shine their personality. He does a great job. And Marina's a good yin to his yang. He's quick-witted. He is. He's perfect for that role. He's perfect. And she is, too. She's great. She balances his, you know, because she's a little bit more serious. I love it. I love the the dynamic and the chemistry. So it's always fun. Well, to who, who was the fourth last night? Autumn from WHUR, who okay. I, I've got to go find. Yes, she was great. Yeah, but I, I never uh, co-hosted with her before. So anyway, it's a fun show. Um, Patrick, where do people find you? Patrick GM Fox Five DC. We, I mean, we got to have some guests on this show. Aren't you curious? You know. Don't you want to know what's going to happen to the Democratic Party? If you're the Dems, aren't you freaking out? I mean, you well, you've got to have a whole new strategy, well, don't ne- you think? Next week, I'm, let's ne- next week let's have some. We're going to try to have a couple of political experts on next week. Yes, maybe this thing will be settled in terms of Trump conceding and stuff, and then we could talk about the Georgia Senate race and where the Dem or Crack Party's going. All right, sounds good. We'll see you guys All next right. week. Bye.